A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Hello and welcome to Let Me Talk Details. This is a respite from the weekly whirlwind of top flight football. It's a space to break down the big picture topics and get into the details away from the game-by-game analysis. I'm David Mooney. As ever, I'm joined by the Athletic City correspondent Sam Lee. Hello. All right. How are you doing? Good. Really good. Good. And uh, former City defender Nader Manura is with us. Hi, Nader. Hello, sir. How are you doing? I am good. I am good. Um, for this show, we are talking about what, Sam? Yeah, we're taking a look at music in the dressing room. Um... Nadam's time as a DJ at his teams, which is amazing, and my aborted attempt to get a playlist going. <laughs> and we're looking at redemption stories in the squad on the back of John Stones going from nearly leaving the club a couple of years ago to where he is now. Yeah, well, uh, we'll get into that shortly. This show is also a platform for you to get involved, so send us some questions and comments to hello at lmtpod.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at lmtpod, and we're on TikTok at lmt underscore pod as well. Remember, this is the free version of the podcast feed. If you'd like longer ad-free versions earlier, then head over to lmtpod.com for information on how to subscribe. I thought it would be interesting, Sam, to start this week's show with uh, just given how obsessed you've been with the Arctic Monkeys this oh. this past few weeks. Or I so. nearly got on an alley. We did a show, like chronologically speaking, we're doing this like two days after we did the last one, but you'll probably hear this like three weeks later. But I was so close to doing an Arctic Monkeys analogy in like a transfer <laughs> podcast, and I was like, I can't. I was like, I, I didn't, I decided not to do it. But well, yeah. I, I just thought we'd look at the relationship between footballers and music because you hear all the time about who picks the music for the dressing room and all that sort of stuff. Now, Nadam, I'm never going to be in that situation. You have you been must in that have situation. been in a team though where like something needs to be set, like in a dressing room. No, no, you you don't really play eleven sides. You've seen me play football. I, I no, am, but have you no. played eleven sides now? Not for a long time, and even then, we were all getting changed in cars. Okay, so, so it's is a bit different. How about you, Sam? Yeah, even back in in the day when I was playing, there was never like, what do you mean? Like, Things that need to be said. No, no, no. It, it's funny actually because because was never we never had music. In my mind, I just assumed that everyone's in a changing room before a game to go and play. No, you know some places, I mean? some places I played. Oh, no, we did have, have we did have changing rooms. I mean, they, people would often nick the copper pipe so we couldn't have showers. <laughs> yeah, but there was changing rooms. But yeah, that that. So with with, with the yeah, with the way uh, most football works, teams tend to arrive at least an hour and a half before the game, and you won't do a warm up till probably forty minutes before mm. kickoff. So there's a lot of time in there, and the weirdest sound you can find in a, in a dressing room is where there's no sound and nothing's playing. 
because it's really eerie because people like are talking but they don't want to talk too loud because yeah. everyone's involved in a conversation you know when you've got 30 people or 20 30 people basically in one big room you can't just have a little chit chat to someone about like you you're flipping shopping delivery or whatever because like, oh, this is a bit weird isn't it so and i think given the fact that you know you get ready for a game and you want to perform and so on and some people are more nervous some people are like really motivated like one of my friends uh i'm not going to mention his name because of what i'm going to say but he used to play from the qpr and the that last thing he used to he, yeah exactly yeah the last thing he used to do before going out on the pitch he'd put his head headphones on and he'd play lose yourself by eminem and it sounds super corny yeah daniel storage wasn't a qpr was it no <laughs> sounds super corny but that's the thing that used to inspire him just before he goes out like you just see him by himself like bopping his head i'm like mate this is one of the cheesiest things i've ever seen in my life but overall like somebody wants music to be played or not somebody loads of people want music to be played and it tends to be stuff that's not really too out there because then people complain. But then I think as the years have gone by, due to the accessibility of music, most people have heard most genres, so you're comfortable around it. Yeah. Whereas from when I first started, there was such a there was like a bit more of a separation as such. And if someone was into like Arctic Monkeys, like Sam is now, not everyone's listening was listening to the Arctic Monkeys because didn't have that CD. You know what I mean? They weren't downloading that online wire. They weren't doing this or anything like that. So, I've not heard, exactly. heard LimeWire in years. I was thinking, what's the other one? Kazar and stuff like that. But the taste, it all depend on who's going to do it. You needed yeah, yeah. someone that strong, was like... Strong characters. You need to be a strong character because you get battered. Yeah, You'll always get battered. Even if you play the best music for 70%, there are 30%. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You'll be like, what is this? This is embarrassing. And when a manager hates it as well... It leaves you in an awkward one. Bad news, yeah. But as is the case in life, a lot of people are very prepared to be critical, but can't step up to do to put something mm. on. They know what's wrong. They don't know what's right. My forte. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> yours and millions of other people. And I used to do the music at the music at City uh, for many many years. Did the music at QPR as well. Had a had a half a year off when I was on loan at Sunderland. And then in the US, I just let them do what they're doing because I was you know I was merely a passenger in that sort of vessel traveling through North America, but. It can it can be good. You get the right sorts of songs. You can get people dancing about. Like I remember one of the highs when we played in the UEFA Cup in two thousand and nine with City. All the away trips where we were winning. I remember the feeling afterwards. Turning the music on, all blazing. And this was the rise of like UK funky house. And you've got everyone dancing around together. Like myself, the younger ones, some of the older ones from abroad, seeing something for the first time. And it's like it's a great way to. Was it was it always the the same track? first when so you've got certain tracks that remind you of certain moments throughout um throughout your career because i used to do music for england under 21s as well and i remember the songs of that generation because they're the ones which we were all into at the yeah, time yeah. you know what i mean and that hit then you wouldn't play it a year later go on what are you gonna say so could you do as a 10 song playlist or is that is of, it... te- of that era <laughs> yeah or like yeah for like even if it's over like or like Maybe the, just the 10 songs that come to mind most. Or I don't know if it's from like 2004 to like 2005, like just, the whole way through or whatever. Like, it, it just... Because it, it feels like you're definitely going to have some... Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that could potentially happen there. And also, like, this is when music was changing. Because I used to... The reason I used to be doing music is because I used to spend a lot of money buying music. Hmm. Initially, I used to download it. Then I started buying it. I had like, either, I think it was like 15,000 songs on Apple, which I'd paid for myself. 
lo and behold, streaming kicked in and now I've got millions <laughs> for like <laughs> less, you yeah. know, the price is whatever the price is. So that was a bit annoying. But I was the guy, I had everything, literally had everything. Um, but looking back, like, as I say, the UK Funky House thing in 2009, you had, uh, there's like songs, it sounds really cool, like a head, shoulders, knees and soles type thing, but everyone was <laughs> doing that. Um, it's like migraine skanks. There was, um, there was there was a lot like that. Then for the 21s, this was around the time where you could still play like Garage and all that. Yeah, so you'd yeah, play yeah. a bit of that. That would get people quite hype. Uh, you come start, on, come on, specifics. Um... <laughs> As like Little Man by Sia, you get the you can get the right because that's my generation. People go nuts for stuff like that. Then you progress a bit further, and it tends to be stuff which is you start to drift towards more like Drakes and Jay Zs and all that stuff. But a big one, a big one that transcends time, is Talking the Hardest by Gigs. That one goes off when you're in a dressing room of people who like like UK rap and hip hop. Mm that one goes off my friend you start playing that before a game because it's like it's quite an aggressive song yeah so people are like yeah if you're talking the hardest gigs better pop up in your thoughts as an artist and choose everyone's going <laughs> <laughs> like it gets people going like the i think some of the city boys might play that type of thing today you know what i mean so and i think as a foreign players when they come in and they see the music getting, being played in the dressing room it's like an insight into the british culture as well yeah you know what i mean like you can learn a lot from that but music in a dressing room is essential. You don't want it to be wallpaper music, but you want it to be the type of thing where someone doesn't like it. It's so difficult, mate. Yeah, they're not taking great offense to it. But then that's when, if you have like a core group of people who all like the same sorts of things, like the bigger personalities, then you can play the music that sort of looks after them. And it tends not to be too controversial. But yeah, you still also have to keep it updated. If you play the same thing 30 times in a season, before you know it, like people are like, ah, we're on this playlist again, yeah? If you're, oh. you're organising a party, I bet you spend about 10, I, 15 weeks on mate, the playlist. I'm a master thinking, overthinker. Like, if I, mate, if you were like, if your name was like, if you were like doing a DJ set somewhere. Which has been done by me before. Oh, mate, like, <laughs> fucking hell, like, that would be so good. Like, that would be really popular as well, but that would be like really popular with like, oh, what was it? Oh, yeah, it was in a very similar, but in a different way. At Glastonbury, when Rick Astley and Blossoms did all the Smith songs, yeah. like so much of my timeline, like if they do that, if they tour that in Manchester, I will go. I could buy a ticket just for me and not know anyone else was going, and I'd probably see twenty people there that I know from real life and Twitter as well. Mm. But like, if you did like a DJ set, that would be a very like Burt Central place. <laughs> like, there would be a very Burt audience for that, yeah, yeah, and it would be a true. fucking such a good night. It's true. And speaking of the uh, blossoms, I know we're dating this a little bit, but I'm seeing them tomorrow. Is it Castlefield Bowl? Oh yeah. wow, okay. Yeah, I'm going to that, so that would be fun. Good guys there. But I think oh, I think the position I'm in was an interesting one because I like I was a rocker, yeah. but then I was into my hip hop and I just listened to all music. So. Like, I'm comfortable listening to an hour of, like, death metal the yeah. same way I'm listening to an hour of, like, you know, hardcore hip-hop. No, not care in the world. Same thing for pop. Like, if it, for me, if it goes, it goes. Like, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. So it means that when I listen, like, the worst thing you can do in football, in my opinion, when it comes down to music is, and he's tried it so many times across the years. This is when I wasn't in charge. Someone brings out a sheet of paper and says, right, write down a song that you want for the playlist. Who's going to write down a singular song that they yeah. want? And then what happens when all, all the songs don't connect to each other? And when, what's the order in picking like when your song comes on? 
it's crap, mate. Honestly, it's pathetic. When people start doing that, it's like, oh, it's, um smells like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. And then the next thing, it's like a Fish Go Deep song, you know, like a little bit of a down song. And then before you know it, here's Stacey Rico. You know what I mean? It's all playing. And like people are listening from outside the dressing room, like, what is what going on in there? To? Yeah. What is happening well, there? So I was looking at my phone then, but respectfully, because. So, you know, you know, I was like, you got to be a big personality. Yeah. So basically, the last time we played a media game. So I'd, when was that? When was the last time I played in one? Because I can't. You didn't play last year. I didn't two play last year. year. Yeah, but I was years. thinking, was it two years ago? But then, but then I'm thinking. Might, would it might have been, been pre-pandemic. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think it might have been pre-pandemic, which is like four four years ago. But like, so I don't know what kind of personality I class myself as because I was a captain of one of the two teams and I was like, well, this is what we're going to do. But I was, I'm never going to be in the dressing room. Oh, boys, this is what, like, not yeah. happening. But I remember I took in like a Bluetooth speaker thinking like, I'll bang some music on and I was like, nah, I bottled it because I was like... <laughs> yeah, you need but to back like, yourself. But, but also it's because like, I'm not, part of like the big group because like most of the journalist boys I'm, I'm you know i'm close with them like we're gonna have a we'll go out for a night out have a drink or whatever but i'm not like i don't work for a newspaper i'm not the same i've got not got the same demands i don't look at things the same way i don't have the same conversations so it was like i don't really know what i, I don't i didn't really feel comfortable doing it so i bottled it but i was looking i was like i put this playlist together on spotify i was like do i still have this playlist i think this is pretty strong go on man well the first one i don't the first one i i, I don't even remember I don't even know what song that is. So that might have been added by accident. But the first one, the real first one is Male Stripper. The one that, that was the season when, this, it was 2019. Mm. That was the one when all the city players and stuff were mm. were singing it and stuff. It's that one. Hypnotized by Biggie. Humble by Kendrick Lamar. Last Night by The Strokes. I bet you look good on the dance floor by Arctic Monkeys. Till I Collapse by Eminem. Um, Nadem's Face. Best Life <laughs> by Hardy Cap. I don't know what that was. Big Fee Boots by Stormzy. Mate, these are bangers. Started from the bottom, Drake. I Will Survive, Glory Again. I don't know where that's going from. <laughs> Touch the Sky, Kanye. Faith by George Michael. And Can't Hold Us, Macklemore. That's got... There's some bangers in there. They, they are like dressing room... No, he's not impressed. He's not impressed. No, 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 no. it's like going on <laughs> No, no, no. It's, it's, it's literally... It's the opposite of that. Because I can... Hear... I, I genuinely... I would stand by like... Yeah, ninety percent. The, the, like, the, the thing with that, which sort of adds some more context to it, is those songs. I see the value in those songs, but it's all very dependent on the audience, and it depends yeah. on the order in which it runs. And that's the thing which I always used to go through when I, whenever I was making, when I was doing this this music, it needed to flow. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. like a DJ set to go from, say, "Humble" by Kendrick Lamar. The next thing you could be the strokes was in there. Right? Yeah, like. Those two back to back are two completely different audiences, oh, yeah, yeah, except yeah. for the fact that you like both of them. You know what I mean? So, like, some people, the person who likes the strokes might be listening to Humble, like, this is crap. But then someone gets really hyped to Humble. You don't want to bring someone down. That's the thing. So, as you're building, you have to keep building. Mm-hmm. You can, and when you're up, you've got to stay up. Like, I would always go, it's when good songs to start with, then the energy starts to increase, and you have to go through a section where it doesn't, it's lots of this. Lots of this because if people then quit on you, it's like a little bit. Oh, God's sake! I was getting all hyped, ready Back for the to game. Square one again, yeah, now, and yeah. then flipping. You've played that, but it's just it'd be the structure of it. I'd group songs and yeah, genres yeah. closer together, as opposed to mixing it up completely because people don't know whether they want to. Yeah, be I doing think I'd like bang some songs on a playlist. Yeah, there as but again, it's, like... it's, the, it's the audience. It's the audience, and can you take being heckled by people who won't step up and do the job that you want to do? You do that on a daily basis in your job, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it would just be a fuck off, you do it then kind of thing. Yeah, but they never do it. Yeah. 
they never do it. And also, a lot of times when I was doing it, I was nominated to do it. That's I think that's the difference. Mm, if yeah, you if yeah, you yeah. walk you're in, in that space, yeah. If we, if people respect you enough with the with the orcs, or in fact, it would have been an orcs at that time as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can step up and you can be the guy. People remember it. You know what I mean. So yeah, I, I like that. But then also that's things a good have legacy to have as well. I'm, a lot of, well, I can't, I'd, I prefer not to go into it too much, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff which I did at football clubs, which goes beyond stuff that's on the field, which is why a lot of people respect me. Let's just say that. Yeah. Nice. In fact, no, I'll, I'll chuck it out there. An example. So when I was, yes. <laughs> when I was, uh, when I was captain at QPR, uh, I was there, captain for three years. I was there for six and a half years, but captain for three. And we were doing Christmas parties and I, t I took them to Copenhagen and took them was it Copenhagen? And I took them to Stockholm and I took them to Madrid. In Madrid, they're like watching Atletico, stuff like this. Incredible trips, incredible trips, yeah? The moment I don't book a thing, where are they? They're at Winter Wonderland in Hyde Park, mate. With like bumping into like... Bumping, that's the, they, call that the PF, they call that the PFA Awards <laughs> because literally everybody's there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But instead, they had two of the best trips that they've ever had before. You know what I mean? Mm. But that's not something that, you know, comes out and gets spoken about very often. And it costs a bit more, but everyone was like contributing. But like it was a proper experience and it draws people together yeah, more yeah. instead of just doing that same crap all the time. You know what I mean? There's this stuff. There's, yeah, that makes a difference. Yeah, it makes a big, big difference because those are two really, really good trips. Really good trips. Yeah. But I'll, I'll stop now. You did the music for the journey as well. Uh, I'll tell you what I used to do actually people used to buy iPods and give them to me and take and all my music off and them. You'd fill them I yeah. used to fill people's iPods oh out. mate yeah I th did it all mate as far as music goes you can speak to the people especially at City like that was me I was that guy I was 100% that guy I'm so glad we had this conversation it's fucking great <laughs> yeah. also like I, d I don't go out because like, I live south Manchester don't go in town old got a kid I don't even know where like it would be good for you to play. Like I, I could say the castle, but I don't like you're not gonna like you can't not DJ the castle because you're just a boozer. But like, if you did, if you did like, I've, I've um, if you if you were on the bill somewhere, mate, that'd be fucking. Great. I think a DJ people would be going. at my friend's um, reception, whatever after his wedding, and yeah, I've got I've still got turntables in my house now, but it's just more than that these days. It's not necessarily about the DJ; it's about the curation. You know mm. what I mean? And getting a feel for like the crowd and things like that. And I've always had to do that. Would it's you been be on there like? My life. Um, Fred again at Glastonbury. Fred again's different gig. Fred again's different gig. I can't even mention myself. Like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not the. If he's DJ, I just mean like energy style. You know, his way of doing. If, it. if he's if he's DJ, like what I'm doing, I'm mute. I'm there. I'm everything. Mate. <laughs> I don't have a clue what I'm doing. He's special. He's a special talent for sure. Time to pause for a quick break. Now, when we come back, we'll be talking redemption stories. Back in a few minutes. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. We've had a question in from Omalemo Samaili who says, uh, could you guys in one of the pod episodes look back at the redemption stories of some players? For example, how John Stones went from almost leaving to being a world beater now. I'd love to know if there are more players like that in our treble winning squad. So basically any setbacks and problems that players had that went under the radar and stuff like that. This also comes to the prospect of uh, potentially Calvin Phillips redeeming himself. Calvin Phillips, is it? would it be redemption though? Because he's not really played. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Because he hasn't. Also, I think so, because he hasn't played. But and that's that... telling that he's in a like he's not in a position where like Grealish was, Rodri was, Cancelo was, Bernardo was, Morris was. After their first season, he's in a position of like Ooh. I need to like convince Guardiola here. Like he's so yeah, he would, he's, he, he's yeah. probably got. It sounds so harsh, right? But he's probably got a lower status now among the City coaching staff than when he signed. Like he's he's gone backwards. Do we know that for a fact? I'm comfortable saying it. Okay, people told you that. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Fair enough. Um, but like, why? So widely it, said, and a lot of people have just told me. They've told other guys who I know are like well connected. Like this. Okay. Um. Yeah, I guess I guess he would potentially be. Like one. they would sell him. Yeah, they, they would sell him. I guess if that's the case, then it's unlikely that there'll be a redemption. Then if they think that he's, well, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I, can't I know. I know. It's diff- and it's difficult as well because, like, you know. Um. Anyway, who else? Who else? Uh, I think you could look at the redemption story from the perspective of the way that we perceive players as well. And I don't think when he first signed, I don't think many people thought there'd be a point in year two or whatever with Nathan Ake where, where he went down with a hamstring injury yeah. that we start panicking, yeah. thinking, well, what, what are City going to do next? Yeah. Well, again, last summer he was almost... like He'd have easily, easily, easily gone if, if Chelsea... No, he could have been yeah. on his way to Saudi Arabia now if he'd yeah. gone Chelsea. If, <laughs> if Chelsea had, his, had the ducks in order, he'd have, he'd have been... Been there this summer, last summer, wouldn't he? Yeah, so. so he's definitely one. You could argue, and this is a big one. Like I, do you know what? I live for this. I live for these two elements, and I'm not right very often. And I, if I am right, I just tend to just keep it moving. But I need to give two shout outs. So to yourself, to myself specifically. <laughs> um I said Gundogan was a good player when he first came. I said it would be good, and my friend used to batter me for it all the time. He says he's crap. And then as Gunnar leaving, my friend's like, oh, what a great player, what a great servant, next person to have a statue and a stand. And I said, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Why Quite are you doing Sam like that? <laughs> he was definitely, for the record, <laughs> it wasn't Sam. No it way. wasn't Sam. He's, he's, been, he's been on <laughs> it, the Gundogan train it, for years. It it's wasn't. Fine. In fact, oh, I've got a great one. It wasn't Sam, but yeah, that one. And then um, the other one uh, was Rodri. Yeah, because yeah. when I came back to, so I'll be honest. From after I retired was when I, I started to watch more City games in detail, 
And what I saw was a player who was doing things in games. I said, like we mentioned in the previous podcast about like City seeing potential in someone and something that maybe the rest of us don't see and so on. And he was doing stuff. I was like, yeah, I like that. I like this, I like that. And I remember saying it on a show and I got battered. I got battered on air. I was like, whoa, okay, mm. cool. That's not very nice. But anyway, <laughs> we'll keep it moving. All of a sudden people say, oh, he, he has to play every game. And then True Redemption, this is the one. This, if you want to disregard the first two, that's fine. True Redemption comes from when I tried to describe to my friend the reason why they're playing the formation that they ended up playing for the second half of the season with the three centre-backs and a, and a centre-back going into midfield mm. and keeping midfielders higher. And I tactically, like this shout out to Andrew, I was in a coffee shop with him. He brought his tactics board, little one. We had little magnets on it. And I said, here we go. Because at this point, it hadn't worked out. And I said, the issue isn't the fact that it's not working. The issue is the fact that they've not played it, played the formation well enough yet for you to see the true benefits of it. You've got the three at the back for security. You have two in midfield who are now defensive-minded people. So you've got the conservative nature of people behind you. And ahead of the ball now, you've got all your key attackers. Yeah, You could bring in Bernardo Silva to be one of the sixes, but now you're lacking something higher up. And the person who will need to be marked the most would be a De Bruyne, who now has more space to move around, but is likely easier to mark because he can be passed on to the next person and so on and so forth. But now, because you've got two sixes and De Bruyne and Gundogan ahead, who's going to be marking those two? Mm. Well, you say, well, the two sixes. Well, then who's going to be marking Stones and Rodri? So, well, oh, I don't know. I said, okay. And then the number nine through the middle will take two players. Who's going to be, he's going to be dealing with those two. And the two wingers or forwards, they'll take these players. So this creates a dilemma for the opposition where nobody knows who they're supposed to be going towards. And the strategy that you can put in doesn't, it makes it, you can make it fractionally easier, but it never accounts for everybody. So this is how it could potentially work in the long term. And that's like, how you get stones with the ball at his feet. That's what we're talking about overloads. Yeah, approaching yeah. the box against them. So then being yeah. able to do it from defence rather than the other way around. As they, they maintain yeah. those overloads in the final third. But, but, with, but then they even, even that way, it's a, progr- it's a progressive formation that's also defensive. Because the midfielders, they could lose the ball and he's still got a back three there. Mm. So I tried to say that to him. He says, all right, it's crap for me. Just bring back a 4-3-3. It's the only way we're going to win something, he said in January. I was like... All right, fair enough, mate. And then come the end of the season, oh, John Stones. You know, the way he's been playing midfield, his formation is fantastic. <laughs> Talk about redemption. That's 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 it. Not about me being right about the formation, but the fact that... Guardiola's like, redemption over the season. It's, yeah, it's the fact that the formation was getting panned from the get-go. But there's a difference, I think, between looking at players not do something well and players play something well and it not working. You know, like some of the people and the things they were trying to do just wasn't wasn't right that was that was the thing but the actual structure of it i thought well if i was playing against it there's four players in that setup who have no idea who they're supposed to be going to no idea at all and think how rare that is given how much football has been played across the last 200 years you know what i mean that is like revolutionary lo and behold it worked yeah i remember i did we'll go back to um these redemption stories but somebody did email in as well saying if stones gets injured or isn't available next season like who's going to do that job because you could get like somebody to drop in or you can get like oh let's say kovacic now and rodri next to each other but you are losing that element of who's it going to be who's going to because yeah because if like de bruyne or foden is the, 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 the like they're being marked it's easier so then yeah who, who is that guy going to be so i mean i don't at this point i don't know like if they get Guardiola, maybe they they get him to do it 
just in that way that Guardiola developed players. Maybe it's that. But yeah, that was an interesting question. I thought it seemed like an interesting time yeah. to bring it up. They, they, would, they would find a different way yeah. in a slight maybe, tweak. Maybe it was a midfielder. Yeah, a midfielder could drop in, back but in then to drop like, in the two. But then maybe like the left back, whoever that is, maybe goes higher and they fill in gaps that way. And There's, There are lots of wrinkles that you can add to this. Best example, City versus Arsenal at home. Stones never went into midfield. You know what I mean? So the need to do it is dependent upon yeah, yeah, the task yeah. that's like ahead as opposed to an essential whereby this is a, st- a staple of the formation. Even like for the Champions League final, some people were uneasy because he was coming in from that sort of like half right-hand side. Like, I, had a, I had a non-City fan friend text me during the Champions League final. Uh, the exact phrase was something along the lines of, if Guardiola thinks Stones going into midfield is the answer, then what's the question? And I was like, mate, you've not been paying attention. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like... <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, well, listen, redemption stories. That's we've we've done quite a few there, but I think that formation itself was one because I think when it first came out, Pep was first trying it. I didn't see many people talking about how good it was, you know. But in the end, and he was plugging away. You could see different weeks. You know, when he played Rico Lewis at left yeah. back against Spurs, like he was trying different things. And obviously, that Chelsea. Speaking about a formation that kind of didn't really work. The Chelsea but, one, yeah. But you could see what they were trying. I didn't mind that Chelsea away one. Like, it didn't really work, did it? But I could see, I was like, like it's got, I can't remember what it was, but we, we mentioned. It, was, it, pre- was it was it not something like, he, the setup was such that he could have three or four different Yeah, well, Grealish and Mahrez yeah. didn't play, which was at the time people wanted. They didn't want Grealish and Mahrez to play. So like Foden was playing, Haaland was playing, Cancelo was playing on the right wing. De Bruyne was playing, Bernardo was playing, Walker played Gundogan behind was playing, Cancelo, didn't he? Walker, yeah. But it was like all of these guys, you've got loads of attackers in there. You've still got men back as Walker was there. Rodri was going into defence from midfield. And it was like, you can see, like, people didn't like it. Guardiola didn't like it after about 20 minutes. But I could see what he was going for. And then, like you say, just the the genealogy of what they've ended up with. You could see that he was trying to get all those players mm. in those positions and overloads in different ways. And that was one thought he had, didn't work, changed it, went with something else. And that's the thing. It's like, you mentioned Nathan Ake. And it was, oh God, like, Nathan Ake's not, not playing what we're going to do. And then it was fine. Like, Akanji went over there, it was obviously great. And he did his job. But then Walker came back in and Walker was really good throughout Ake being out. And then obviously he went back and Ake came back in for the Champions League final and Walker was out. And this is that thing, like if Stones doesn't play and doesn't go into midfield next year, but they still need overloads. So you're right. He didn't do it. He didn't do it at Fulham away, Arsenal at home. But like, yeah, you just get maybe, and maybe Guardiola because as a left back, he is more comfortable and can make more of a difference on the ball than Ake and Akanji. Maybe he goes forward. Like They're always finding, you know, when Cancelo left, we were like, How's this going to work yeah. then? They've got you doing? Yeah. they've only got two senior fullbacks. They've got rid of one, and then they, they were better than ever. Like it feels like at some point, and maybe it's next season, or maybe it's, maybe it's never. It feels like at some point you're going to take out one piece, and you go, okay, that was that was too many. But like going <laughs> back, described a giant game of kaplunk. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that is what I had in mind. But like basically, since going since like Mendy as the only left back got injured like six years ago, and like Aguero getting injured and no striker, no left back. Like they they haven't had these things that you would look at and go, they're fucked if that happens. Like if, if they if these injuries happen, they're fucked. And like the same season with Mendy getting injured, company got injured and it was like, well what's gonna happen? And they've like they've just got they've like redefined English football while doing it not with handicaps, but in the in the way that we understand how a team should play and what they should have. It is mad. 
And like I say, yeah, like if Stones can't go into midfield one day, like that's Some, not going to yeah. be the biggest hardship they've ever had. Mm, yeah, somebody else will, or they'll do something else somewhere else to to, to sort it out. Uh, just on redemption stories quickly. Yeah, um, there's definitely more. There's well, there's there's one you mentioned there that uh, because of the way it ended, people don't people well, might Cancelo, not think yeah. of it, but Cancelo. I mean, he was. I mean. Talk about bad faces in his first season. He was one of those that was that was really not happy. Well, his with... bad season was when the pandemic yeah. curtailed the season in March, and there was rumours all the way through that lockdown that he was going to go to Barcelona, and like he was, like he wanted to go because of the same reasons that he ended up going for. You know, <laughs> wasn't playing enough, and but also he wasn't playing enough. But also, like at that point, in terms of the adaptation in the first season, there's ideas that Guardiola gives to players and versatility, that, versatility that he kind of demands from players. And he just wasn't getting it because he he basically just played, you know, right back, wing back, overlap, ball in the box, that kind of thing. He played left back, hated it. And then Guardiola was like, "Can you like come into midfield? Can you like play left back and do this and go?" And not, and he did didn't get it. But then he was so good for a period like that season when it was the full pandemic season, all behind closed doors. That season when Fernandinho got the players together and they turned it around, like he was like such a massive part of that. And talk about like creating overloads in the final third, like the spaces he was arriving from, he was going into midfield, but not to stay in there, but going all the way forward. Number 10, and like yeah. in fairness, that's what Stones does now, but he's better at it going forward. Mm. But the interesting thing with with Stones, because yeah, you know, once once he gets into those areas, you know, he's not as sharp as the other forwards, but he's excellent at doing the job he does. But there was a phrase I was told recently, and it was in terms of you know, using the back four, sticking with the back four for next season a lot of the time. Guardiola's realised that it's easier to teach, like, a defender to play than, like, a ball player. To defend. This is in a different language, so it was easier. It made more sense in that language. That, yeah, than teaching, like, a Cancelo or a Zinchenko to defend. Because, like, they have... They, I would say they did improve massively as defenders, but there are always moments that we've seen where it's like, you know, that's the difference. They've been a bit caught out there. And now apparently Guardiola's like, well, that's the way to do it. Got do four, it the other way You've got around. four centre-halves who have all been brought up yeah. defending. You do it, do it, teach make, them the, yeah, they, yeah, they can defend. Let them defend and they will add on the other bits. Like, let's not try not to force. Like, Even maybe it goes back to him trying to get Bernardo Silva back there. He's like, okay, that isn't going to work. Like, He did add stuff in, but maybe it's not going to work. Um, so yeah, that's another interesting thing. I think Edison... I was also told recently that Edison was kind of not clinging on a bit, but in terms of Guardiola, he was looking at him, you know, because he had a bit of a difficult spell mm. and then we noticed him getting better. But, like, there's two parts to this. Guardiola really loves Ortega. And then at the end of that season, he was like, Edison's not really making that much of a difference that Ortega couldn't, because Ortega is very good on the ball. He's still not as good as Edison. But I think Edison's level had dropped a bit. And Ortega, what Guardiola had seen from Ortega was really high. So he was probably thinking, there's not too much of a difference between these guys. And going into next season, maybe Ortega, maybe start next season. That was what was suggested to me. But because Edison finished the season so strongly and particularly had such big moments in the Champions League games, he's now safe as number one again. But that's like talking about this question being under the radar. There's that. Like, Nobody really we, knows. Well, Guardiola I mean, was thinking, yeah. I'm not really sure about this guy in goal here. Because we, you know, got to the start next season, Edison starts, and we all go, well, yeah, of course, of course he does. But it would have been mad, like if that had. Yeah, I suppose it's different because if they hadn't have won it, maybe people would have been looking at Edison. Mm. But that's another interesting one. But I mean, there's loads. There's the thing with De Bruyne. Thierry Henry mentioned that like some stuff's going on, and then De Bruyne mentioned it himself after the Champions League final. He said he's had some stuff with his family. No, like, I don't know what it is. Don't think most people don't know what that is. There's all. There's always things that people have got like going on but the stones the stones one is because we talked about phillips kind of going backwards in terms of his 
reputation among the staff. But like Stones had kind of got to that level after a few years. Like it was really like loads of injuries, heads not in the right place, stuff it, it going was, on it, personal life. It was the he was moment, getting left out yeah. of teams for Eric Garcia, not the, left out of squads. It's that moment he slipped in the League Cup final. I yeah. just, I, at that point, I was just thinking, this is it. He's like, that's unfortunate. He's, he's just slipped, but it's entirely the wrong time. Yeah, yeah, because there was, and also like he'd be in the team and then play, and then he'd be out of the team again for like four or five games when we talked about. When we did the Grealish show, we talked about how difficult that can be to adapt to, and not even like just coming into it, like from another club where you're playing all the time. But like if you're used to playing more, so he had all these difficult periods, and he like he he talked about it himself really well as well ahead of the Champions League final. And he was asked like, "Did you ever think you were going to go?" And he was like, "You never really have those thoughts because as soon as you've done that, like you've killed yourself basically." But like his stock was kind of it's interesting with City players because you've got some amazing players there, but when they're underperforming. They don't look great. And all of a sudden, you've got, going into summers, people like Raheem Sterling and John Stones. Clubs don't really, like, the best clubs don't want them. And the clubs that would love to have them can't afford them. And they're in this thing where they're like, you've got this massive asset there that is underperforming and undervalued from the outside. And then all of a sudden, they stay and it clicks. And obviously, Stones is like the best example of that. I mean, we've seen it with Laporte as well. Mm. Like Laporte went into the after the, the last Champions League final, wanted to go, and then he and then actually Stones after the great season he had, he got, got injured, injured. Didn't he? Yeah. and then Laporte was like the main guy again, and then we've seen it again this season. It flipped the other way. So these things are always like ups and downs, and there's there's stories to like most like everyone who's set foot on the pitch for this this season at City. Like most people have got like the first season issue. Like Mares was left out of the squad for like being grumpy in his first year, and you know he still is that but not in a way that he's being left out on purpose, you know, managing that better. Everyone's kind of got this. Okay, it didn't really work out well at first, apart from obviously Haaland, because he's not been there to have a down as well as an up. Alvarez as well. But like everyone else, like Walker came and hit the ground running, but he's had spells, like even this season. Yeah, I mean, it's there for everyone, really. But that's just football, right? Like, it's never... Mm. It, it would be mental if if it worked out for everyone all the time and everyone just won stuff all the time and played well all the time, it's never going to happen. That's it for this episode of Let Me Talk Details. Thank you for listening and getting in touch. We've had plenty of emails. Uh, we would like some more, though. So, Sam, we want people to, to get in touch with questions and comments. Yeah, please do. Hello at lmtpod.com for that. Yeah, we've got loads. We've got through loads already. And, yeah... Um, Anything, any thoughts going into the new season in particular, send them over and we'll get into them. Yeah, find us on Twitter and Instagram as well, at LMTPod. And you'll find us on TikTok, at LMT underscore pod. Sam, there's more in this episode as well for uh, members. What can people hear? Yeah, we're talking about the pre-season preparations, how next season could start, how previous seasons have started, and there's a little bit about leadership thrown in there as well, and who could be the captain next season perhaps yeah. well if you'd like that then you can sign up all the useful links are in the episode description and over on lmtpod.com oh.